Good evening, Internet, and people listening to this podcast on things that are not the Internet. Welcome to Kenter at Your Own Risk. This is going to be episode 15 with your hosts, Kent and Chris. Kent is the good-looking one. Chris is the one who just likes to prattle on and on. How are you doing, Kent? I sometimes have dreams where I have hair. Like, once a year, this happens. And I feel like sharing that with people. Now that you bring that up, here's a question for you. And uh, maybe, I don't know. But just because, when you dream, do you see yourself? And if you do, what age, where are you when you see yourself? Um, Like in the dreams where I have hair? Well, just in dreams in general. Um, All right. So if I have hair in a dream, I always obviously see myself. I always look in the mirror. And usually I have like... A little bit longer hair, not quite wrestler length, but longer than like a normal short dude's haircut. Um, it's always nice. It's always straight. There's no waves or curls to it. It's, it's it's nice, and it looks really weird on me too. And as far as age goes, I feel like I don't know. I feel like. I, I look almost the same as I have for at least the past 10 years. So, like, whatever I kind of look like from, like, mid-20s to mid-30s, like, that's kind of my look in my dreams, I guess. I, I noticed that when I was younger, not, not significantly younger, but when I was younger and I was having nightmares, a lot of my nightmares I would be a kid still. But nowadays, I mean... I I dream in first person when I'm dreaming about myself, so I don't usually see myself, but I I usually know like I'm somewhere in like my late twenties to early thirties because most of my dreams I'm in my my badass superhero phase kind of going on. So yeah, I mean there are times where I can definitely tell like you know I, I people tell me I'm weird. I have a lot of dreams that take place in school that aren't about school. It's just kind of like the setting for what shit storm is about to happen mm-hmm. uh I, I don't know like hospitals i think are cooler places for dreams but usually the schools where everything takes place because it's a big building there's stairs there's corridors like if you think if you really think about it, you can make the school into a pretty goddamn scary place and since i have a lot of horror themed uh dreams like i don't know I, I always like the idea of a horror movie taking place in a school yeah, I mean, schools and hospitals are pretty scary, and I think it's very fitting that <laughs> it sounds like that's your two primary dream areas. It, yeah, um, yeah. Also, you know, I gotta tell you, today, I, I got, uh, actually I got great three things from Amazon in the mail, and I feel like this is important, because I got some uh, dental sticks, like the floss sticks. I got Disney's Robin Hood, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, and... What brought this up is I also got these gourmet pumpkin seeds. They're maple sugar and sea salt. They're delicious. I have one thing to say to you. Little whistle stop. (laughs) The original hamster song that never gave credit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Old bushel britches. I'll have an outlaw for an in-law. <laughs> like, that movie is so fucking good. And I 
didn't own it and so yeah i found it i found that it had the digital code and in case you've been on my voodoo count recently you know that i'm digging my digital movies i yeah i, I did see that <laughs> it like, yeah i went through my blu-ray collection and just found every scrap like any of them that actually had the digital code i added and yeah, I went a little over top, but I'm pleased with myself. You know what made me laugh to go along with that was um, I just got the email from Ultraviolet this week that Ultraviolet officially no longer exists. Yeah, but yeah, you can still redeem some of the movies. It's weird. I just I thought that was funny, but to segue on. But anyways, yeah. we actually have things to talk about. In regards to uh, what we said last month, we were going to talk about. So, Kent picked two movies for me to watch and then for us to discuss, and I gave Kent a list of like 20 movies, and so just picked two. Um, so, for me, I had to watch The Asylum. Well, Asylum. I believe it was 1979? 72. 72. Okay, even older. 72. And uh, Southbound from 2015. And what did you end up picking? I end up going with um, Jacob's Ladder, and I watched Us because I don't know. I just did. I, I have to note something. Mm-hmm. I feel like you pick movies that are almost two hours long every time. Like they're within like the one hour and fifty minute to like two hour and ten minute. Like they almost always fall in that little time area. It's pretty impressive. Maybe maybe that's my secret. That's. I feel like that's your sweet spot. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I'm good. Um, Whatever. I don't mind. I I can start. uh, I can start with Jacob's Ladder. Okay. You know what? I have like lots of questions because I haven't seen this in a long time. So part of what I threw up last month was like, I don't remember if this holds up or not. So I was curious. Does it hold up? Uh... Yes. By and large, the answer is yes. Um, because the all right, so it's I mean, it has seven point five on IMDb. Um, the first twenty minutes are very touch and go as far as slowness goes because you have the opening scene in Vietnam, and you, like you see some faces that you kind of recognize, Ving Rhames, for instance, and Eric Lasalle, uh, and then it just you know, kind of gets, I don't want to say boring, but just, uh, you know, very mediocre, just storytelling. And then Tim Robbins starts seeing shit. And this delves into, like, this whole, like, was it a conspiracy? And, yes, like, I mean, it delved into the fact that, you know, the government uh, did some chemical LSD-type shit, think... I wasn't like MK Ultra, but it was something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, the, he kind of is dealing with like what happened with his family. Like, it, basically, him and his wife broke up. His youngest son, played by fucking Macaulay Culkin, uh, got got in an accident. Um, there's just a ton of people that you know, like Jason Alexander still has mostly a full head of hair. Um, <laughs> what, one of my favorite, like, those guys, um, Pruitt Taylor Vince, who 
I first met on um, The Walking Dead as Otis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in it. He's the guy that Tim Robbins meets in the bar, and he's like basically suicidal, and then his car gets exploded because um, government cover-up and shit like that. And then, like, Danny Aiello, like, he was really good at it. And just basically everybody was a really there was good performances by everybody. Uh, Elizabeth Pina or Pina, I don't know how you pronounce her name. Pina. Pina. Uh, she was really good. I I thought she was really like aside from Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins mm-hmm. obviously owned this, uh, especially his hair. Uh, everybody's hair game was top notch. Um, I would say probably like by the half hour mark, probably like twenty minute mark. There's like this party scene and like. He is seeing her, like, get her freak on with some, like, demon or something like that. And they're playing some great music. There was Lady Marmalade and something else. So, like, the music was really good. And it was just continuously trippy and scary. Like, the Asylum stuff was scary. Uh, it, It was overall, like, a really good presentation once you got past the first 20 minutes. But, there is a but here, and the but is that I felt that once you get to the end of it, you, I don't know, if you think about it, there's a, so much religious overtones to it, and not, it wasn't as heavy-handed as uh, Mother was, mm-hmm. uh, but it was close, and like, the more I read about it, I was like, oh my god, like... I, I don't recommend anybody reading about it unless they really want to get into the whole religious side because once you read about it, it's like, oh, this was all basically like, basically religionized in, in a lot of ways based on, like, they talk about how they named the kids. Like, all, everybody kind of has, like, a biblical name of some form. You know, he's Jacob, he's with uh, Jezebel. And, you know, you find out that, you know, he's been dead this whole time kind of thing like he died in nam but like he made up this whole like life for himself after nam in some lsd induced dream basically it's all fucking weird and trippy but it's also biblical and jacob's ladder is actually like a thing and i, I love the fact that they called the drug the ladder there by and large it was a very positive experience it was just the religious thing, uh, I did. I didn't necessarily see it coming until it hit me right in the fucking face. And mm-hmm. like I said, though, at least it was so much better done than Mother was. Uh, have you seen Mother? I have not. Good. Don't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> god damn it, that movie. <laughs> I, I paid a dollar forty-five for it, and I'm still not sure. Uh, if I got the better end of that deal or not. Um, but with that being said, I really like this. This was a, a very positive experience uh, for me. And Tim Robbins, man, I don't know. There was like that time frame between this and like Shawshank. That motherfucker could act. Yeah, I remember, hey. I remember that. I remember. Um, shit, what was the? I'll think of it like. Eventually, you know, down the road. I was trying to think of. Um, Mystic River was really good. I liked him. Oh, in that. yeah. Yeah, he was really good in that. Um, oh, the player. The player was awesome. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, all, all in all, I'm happy that you had me watch it. I even talked to Eric about this earlier because he was all, like, also like, well, does it hold up type thing. I was like, yeah, I mean... I'm a little, I'm a little surprised that they're remaking it, and now that I know what to kind of expect, like, are they going? They're probably going to update it so it's not Vietnam. It's going to be something else. Uh, yeah, it looks looks like Desert Storm or whatever. You know, like, a, well, not like the '90s, but Iraqi Freedom or whatever the hell it's called now. I don't know. I, so mean, I thought it was. Is that like what that the jacket was? Kind of, yeah. Kind of the okay. same thing, yeah, but it, without being necessarily. Uh, more of a drama and less of a like what the fuck was that kind of demon shit going on you know right um I will say this the the demon stuff I was trying to think I know there's gotta be something else that is better for me to to use I kept thinking of Devil's Advocate when Keanu would start seeing weird shit but like (laughs) Is there other movies where the main character sees like people as demons? Like I, I know I've seen it. I just can't think of anything else off the top of my head. God, yeah, that'll come. That'll come to me like three o'clock in the morning. I fully expect a text when it does. I mean, I remember kind of, kind of like there was that whole thing in um, what was it Intruders? Hmm. Yeah. I, I, there's one that was actually well known though. I, I like, or at least well known in my mind. I, I don't know, but either way, I'll, I'll just shut up and say that good movie. I, I would give it at least, uh, I would give it a seven, maybe like seven point two, seven point three. I'd give it. Yeah, it's got to be a little higher than seven. And seven's usually like a pretty good benchmark for me. Good, yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty high. Yeah, from- pretty pretty. pretty uh, that'll that'll be the 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 high benchmark f- for conversation f- uh, this podcast. Yeah. So, so which one do you want to tackle first? Your the positive experience or the not so positive? Well, experience? I would say they were both positive. I would just say one was surprisingly good and the other was positive and then disappointing um right, let's hit asylum first i liked it um like one of the things i wanted to bring up as i was talking about it is um yeah i i'm you know 20 years from being in in high school and college um a lot of like my technical knowledge is kind of evaporated when it comes to that kind of stuff because uh, I got into a different line of work instead of staying within trying to go into the film industry. So you know, I, I know that there are different stocks, different sizes of footage, different grains, you know, 35 millimeter, 28 millimeter, and that depending upon the speed that you film can also affect how uh, the shit looks. So one of the things that I wanted to point out was that like for being six years earlier, Asylum looked 200% better than The Sentinel. Yeah, I would agree with that. It looked really, yeah. Additionally, the the acting was for the most part top notch. Um, 
the stories were bad. I mean, for me, where the movie falls apart is the special effects. And yeah, that's it kind of makes me feel shallow, but like in the first the first vignette where uh, the man and his lover are killing his wife so they can leave, inherit her fortune, whatever, what have you. Um, when you see like the severed leg just kind of flopping around on the floor, in addition to the the like tor- limbless torso just kind of shuffling on the floor. I'm, like, uh, even when I was a kid, I would have been laughing at that before I would have been afraid of it. So, uh, it, it's one of those things where, like, I can get why the overall experience would be scary while looking at the just the execution of it was took me out of the movie enough to make me question it. Do you, like, I, I wondered if back in 1972, if when people saw that silly shit that you're referring to, was it scary or was it kind of in the same grain that, you know, people in the 80s watched creep shows and was like, yeah, we get it. This part's silly and it's just part of an anthology. Like, because, you know, like in the 70s, mm-hmm. people found things scarier, you know, for different things. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's... it's it's like anything, you know, any generation is going to have different things that are scarier. Like, like, like we were saying, you know, like the whole idea of Freddy in the eighties scared the shit out of me. You know, I was afraid to go to sleep nights sometimes because I was like, Oh shit, he's going to fucking get me. But I can't think of like a single teenager now who would be a fucking uh, afraid of that shit. Yeah, I would agree with that. Just kind of silly at the, you know, yeah. And I mean, um, and unfortunately, when we're going back and watching an old movie like this, you know, what, uh, 47 years later? Yeah. You know, again, you know, it's hard to put myself in the mind space to separate, you know, effect, practical effects from the horror. You know, that's, unfortunately, you know, horror is probably the one genre outside of sci-fi and fantasy that really has to rely on having good special effects. I mean, you can get you can get by with shitty acting and still have a decent horror movie, you know, if the effects are are up there. Yeah, you know, it makes me appreciate like what we got with say Terminator 2 or even Independence Day like how good the visual effects were like even by today's standards they still hold up versus like some, you know, like Sometimes you can just tell that they knew what the fuck they were doing or had the budget to do what they wanted to do. Sometimes it's just budget-related, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Um, I was going to ask you, what was your favorite of the... What was it, four stories, right? Yeah, okay. Well, I like the first one. It was probably the shortest. But the the setup wasn't bad. My only problems with the acting would have been in the second one. Because it was just, like, blatantly obvious that they were using just, like, tropes to identify the, you know, like, the foreigner. That that was the one with Peter Cushing, right? The Taylor one, right? Yeah, yep. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad, but, like, just the, the accents were, like, pretty fucking right. bad, yeah. 
the third one was actually pretty good. Uh, again. With Lucy, right? Yeah, with Lucy. <laughs> yep. I, I think the Lucy one actually may have been my favorite one because it was just crazy enough for me. I don't know. I, I really liked it. The fourth one, again, was another one where the... the uh, Okay, I, like, I had to just add, like, what the hell kind of... Like, who thought that that was a good idea for a scary doll? It's scary only in the fact that, like, <laughs> like, like it's cre- it's creepy looking, but yeah, it, that didn't work on any level. <laughs> it's it's like a giant fucking Lego guy. Yeah, yeah, I, dude, I pulled up my blog that I wrote about, and I'm seeing the pictures of it, and it's it's great. It's still great. It's ridiculous as it is. <laughs> <laughs> but but then like the my my like part of the end is what what got me is like. I was trying to figure out, like, what the hell was the point of the overarching story? Like, what was the doctor trying to do? Like, I get, hey, he just fucking killed some dude. But was he good? always going to kill the guy? You know, was it because he didn't guess right? I mean, like, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, I mean... Why did, why did the guy in the downstairs go along with it? Like, did he was he in on it? Like, where did he disappear to after this? You know, when the, the new dude shows up in the... After the prologue, I was just like, I mean, as a as a as a horror movie, you know, from the seventies. Okay, there you go. It makes sense. Trying to like overall in, inspire a, a connecting plot in the connecting story, it it didn't make sense to me. If somebody made this movie nowadays, you know, with updated actors and all this shit, it still gave me that finale for a story i'd be super fly pissed but with it being the 70s and knowing like all the other amicus anthologies this kind of it wasn't the best it wasn't the worst as far as overlapping it was right in the middle because like some of those were really bad mm-hmm. um there's one in particular burgess meredith who i love as like the devil and it just was terrible so hit or miss uh, on these but yeah i mean it's 47 years old it's definitely not something you would ever like you can't show it to like a, a millennial I, no. I don't think no, a, i don't a think millennial a millennial would fucking lose their head you know i think they would just it'd less be like they would get upset and more like they'd just be like why are we watching this or they would fall asleep so yeah yeah that's also a possibility but I mean, like, it wasn't a bad movie, and I don't regret watching it. I was just like, <sighs> I, I hear you. <laughs> so, what would you give it for a rating? Uh, like, my scale is different. I, like, I still don't understand it quite how yours works. But, uh, like, on a one to ten, I would give it like um, somewhere between like a six point eight to a. I actually gave it a 6.8 which if if I were to say to you, I mean the basis of the scale obviously is anything 5 or higher I'd rewatch it and like 7 anything above 7 is like that sweet mark where if it's above 7 I'd probably like to own the movie and I didn't get over seven with this, and with it being on Am- Amazon Prime, I don't have to have it anyway. Mm-hmm. But seven or higher is usually like 
I want to own the movie, basically. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It could have been better, but it wasn't bad. All right. So, tell me about us. Tell me what you thought. I haven't seen it yet, so don't worry about spoiling it. It's already been. It was already spoiled for me, like the first week it was out, because I can't avoid the internet at my job. So. Gotcha. I avoided it. I avoided everything. I remember Eric and I talked about it. He's like. Do you want me to spoil it? I'm like, no, I'm going to see. He's like, you're going to be disappointed. I'm like, yeah, I know that. So, all right. I want to say that I think Jordan Peele has some good ideas. I think he's good at a lot of things with his filmmaking. I also want to say that we have put this man so high on a pedestal for no good motherfucking reason whatsoever. I mean, at least with M. Night Shyamalan, like, a lot of people loved The Sixth Sign, or Sixth Sense, Sixth Mm -hmm. Sense. And although I didn't like it, he had a good follow-up. He had Unbreakable, and then he had an even better follow-up with Signs, so, like, he earned some good good, uh, vibes, so to speak, with me. Um, fuck, man. Like, uh, he tried. He he reached and like the the father was re- like the casting was really good. I liked. I I was shocked to see um, Tim Heidecker and uh, the chick from Handmaid's Tale, um, Elizabeth Moss. Mm-hmm. I was shocked that they were even in this. Um, I, I thought the acting was really good. I thought it looked wonderful. My issue is with the fucking quote-unquote twist and how they... And, and I'll tell you, the twist... I understand that... Alright, do you go for originality or do you go for something tried and true? As a, as a wrestling fan, I will say that so often wrestling tries to go for something unusual or different or something we haven't seen before instead of just going down the logical progressive path that helps make everybody look good in the end right Mm -hmm. they try to outthink themselves so to speak that's what this fucking movie did they outthought themselves instead of the stupid twist that they gave us what the twist should have been is questioning which which version of the mother was at the end Mm -hmm. but they gave it away like that should have been the twist was that we got, you know, tethered world mom. Like that should have been the twist, not that oh, we already know that we have tethered world mom and that normal world mom was always stuck in the tethered world underground facility with rabbits. I I'm just I I actually just had to pause a moment and shake my head at everything I just fucking said. Um that hurt a lot. <laughs> Uh, this fucking movie has a goddamn 7.0 on IMDb, and I'm telling you right now, I don't give a fuck. Between that and Get Out having the 7.7, 7, fuck, 7. fuck you, liberal-minded Hollywood t- 2019, you guys are fucking retarded. Like, fucking judge a movie on its goddamn credit, like, on how good it is, not because... <sighs> 2019 reasons, okay? Like, 
most of this movie was good. Most of this movie was enjoyable. But there are movies that get completely fucking batshit ruined by the ending, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we've all seen those movies where, like, you're like, oh, I'd probably give it a seven. Oh, that ending. Oh, I'd give it a five. Like, there you go. That That's what happened. Like, the ending really flat out royally... And, and there's so many plot holes, like... Yeah, that was the, one, that was the big thing that from from getting it spoiled and then like hearing people's reviews, it just sounded like like how does this even make sense? Dude, at one point the boy decides, oh, my tethered person will actually mimic me like a mirror, so like he backs up his red version self into a fire, but none of the other tethered people remotely act like. They're on the fucking Patty Duke show, which is a really old reference, and I just made it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, God damn it, they're so... Like, why... All, all the lady had to say was like, hey, I'm from the real world, and this bitch fucked me over. No, you can't get that out. You have to talk like a creepy bitch for the next fucking hour and a half. You can't just say what's on your mind. No, because you got to make this into a twist. Well, what was the point in that? You could have just got this over with really early on. What was the point in Hands Across America? Like, they don't even, like, really make a point with the Hands Across America thing. They just do it. At the end of the day, I'm glad, because I've had a few opportunities to buy this, and it keeps going down in price, going down in price. I'm really glad I did not buy it. Uh, with that being said, when it hits $5 and I get the digital code along with it, I'll probably buy it. Um, I'll give it a 5 point... I'll give it a 5.5 because there was a lot of things that I laughed at. Um, I thought the comedy in it was actually really much better than I thought it would be. I thought the acting was really good by uh, the mom and father in this. Actually, I... The daughter was actually really uh, great in it. Uh, didn't get used to her full potential, but she was good uh, for what they did with her. Uh, it was just such a missed opportunity with that bullshit twist. <sighs> I don't know. Missed opportunity of the movie part two because Get Out was... At this point, Jordan Peele really has to fucking make a movie that makes sense, or else I'm done. Like, I'm giving him one more fucking movie, and that's it. That's where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, with that being said, let's talk about something far more positive and batshit crazy, because as batshit crazy as us was in a tethered world and rabbits and cages and underground, where did Southbound every- completely outdoes that. Where did everybody get scissors? I don't know. I don't know. I, like, I didn't know that everybody had the scissors, and everybody has the glove. And I don't know if they're shadow beings. Like, they keep saying tethered, and then, like, they're shadows. But, like, they're just living in a the bottom, like, the basement of a building. Like, they have, like, bunk beds and shit. Or not bunk beds, but, like, a big room with a bunch of beds. And they're all just, like, living peacefully, all dressed in red with scissors and gloves. And fuck, man. God. 
Yeah, I don't have answers. I really don't. Smarter people out there probably like, oh, well, all you do is interpret it this way. Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not doing that. I am, I'm not having that shit with this. Gotcha. <laughs> not doing it. There, I, I, I want to say that there are so many better movies with, like, majority black actors in it. So, like... This just makes me want to go rewatch Tales from the Fucking Hood and People Under the Stairs and be like, oh, this is what it's like when, when you actually do it right. So, anyways, uh, yeah, Southbound. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd heard good things about it from you. I finally watched it. And, uh, yeah, it was fucking pretty good. Um, looking at people's. Um, I want to say critiques, what have you, online. Like, one of the things I saw people saying were that, like, the, the special effects were kind of shot. I was like, I, I don't really think so. I think they did a good job with the uh, the effects. Um, the scenarios, if you will, were all different. Vaguely explained. Uh, the segues in between them were interesting yeah i just i really liked it i really liked it as a um an anthology movie and just an overall horror movie i i actually really liked this the segues i thought were really well done uh like because i remember watching this a few times and then like it, it did actually take me like two or three times for like everything finally was like clicking the the more times you watch it the more things like kind of click into place in this movie i i'm not saying it's mandatory to have to watch it multiple times but for me it was mandatory to fully get everything out of the movie um because the opening thing with the fucking skeleton things you're just like what in the hell like you know knowing what i know now like what a great beginning but like the first time you watch it, you're completely confused by what the fuck you are seeing. I was pretty sure. I was like, that looks like a fucking Grim Reaper. And then I'm like, yep. Yeah, pretty pretty sure it is. Pretty sure it's a Grim Reaper kind of thing. Um, What was your favorite uh, story or, I don't know, segment story, whatever you want to call it? Well, all right. So I think that... See, one of the things I would have liked would have been at least, you know, because I, I see a lot of people referring to the, the segments by by names. And, uh, like, there weren't in there, so I wasn't sure which one was which. But, like, okay, so I think Inbound... I, I can tell you the names if you need them. <laughs> the, the, the first one is Inbound or Intro or whatever the hell. That one was just okay. You know, but it, it works better when it gets over, you know, and you finish it and you see it... The framing device for what it is, the the one with the girls, siren was fucking creepy, and I, I liked that they never explained what was going on. I, I, yeah, the whole thing like that burned mass of meat. I I, I don't know why, but the meat sticks out to me in yeah. that segment. Uh, no thanks, I don't eat meat. Oh, this is so good. It just looked so bad. Yeah. It, so, so like, the whole premise, too, like, breaking down in the middle of nowhere, and then, like, 
you go with somebody because they're the only people that you fucking see. Like the fucking bear trap. Oh, no, it's broken. Ha, ha. It wasn't there like two weird brothers in, in oh, that yeah. one? Yeah, the, the, those the neighbors. Who, yeah. Oh. So I like that one. I think yeah. the one I liked the most was the next one, though. The one with the hospital. The accident. Yeah. Just f- fucked up. <laughs> like, what a fucking fucked up fuck situation. It, you you feel bad. Like, in that situation, like, I'm sitting there like, I don't know what more you do, though. Because, like, you're just, you're hoping for help. And, like, you're trying to see this fucking girl's life and gee uh, I don't it, as crazy it is to say it almost had a point of realism as far as like if you're in the main guy's situation and you don't know anything about how to help somebody or do medical attention like yeah you probably like listen to this person on the phone right at, at the, the point he was at like what other choice did he have it, yeah it, yeah the next one after that jailbreak was like a really interesting setup and like really interesting shit like I would have liked to have seen more you know like when the dude grows the claws on his hand you know obviously they're all demons or whatnot but like it just seems an interesting premise it it was well, interesting the, but it was my weakest yeah, one at the same time I was going to say being the weakest episode it also had Lushek from Orange's New Black. I was like, wow, I've finally seen that guy in something else. And then the last one... Way in. ...was good. And it, it works better when you see that it ties into the, the first one and ties everything together. Right. And did you know the radio DJ was, was Larry Fessenden. I did. I was like, Kent's got a fucking heart on now because this guy's doing the fucking rough voice. So. Yeah. <laughs> Such a small role, but yeah, can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I see, I'm like, when I see his name, I'm like, Kent's either watch this, he's going to watch it, or he's going to make me watch it. So. <laughs> yeah, probably all three. <laughs> um, like, I mean, this came out in 2015, and, I don't know, I, I wish this had got caught on fire, like, you know, Trick or Treat has a lot of, has had a lot of eyes on it. This movie has not had as m- nearly as many eyes, like, not even, like, a tenth of the eyes on it, I don't think. Well, the one thing I'll say that, that Trick or Treat had going for it is it had, um, not necessarily a great cast, but it had name recognition. It had Anna Paquin, had- which... Anna Paquin, yeah. you had Brian Cox, you know. Nobody, yeah, it nobody actually knows had people. Dylan, what is it, Dylan Thomas? Nobody, Dylan Baker. Dylan right. ba- yeah, Dylan Baker. Nobody knows his name, but everybody knows who he is, because you're like, he's been a dick or a creepy dude or whatever and something that you've seen. <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean, this this was all unknowns, basically. I can't imagine that the budget was very big for this. Yeah, I really feel like it wasn't, but I think they did a lot with what they had. Yeah, I I, I think they did a really good job. I'd love to have seen a sequel. I mean, it's not impossible for a sequel, but we're four years out. Kind of iffy at this point. Yeah. 
I mean, but yeah, like how? I mean, at this point, would they be able to keep the originality, or would it just be like reaching too much to try to just put a whole bunch of new vignettes in in the same kind of area? They they'd have to. Uh, in order for them to do it, it'd have to be all new, and they'd have to figure out another way to tie everything together. And uh, once again, this is why I think Creepshow three succeeds on so many levels, even though people hate that movie. Like, it's tough when you're doing an anthology movie to tie everything together and have it make good sense at the end. Mm-hmm. It's just a difficult job, I, I think. So. I don't know. I'd like to... I don't know what these people that that made it... uh, See, there's a bunch of freaking directors on it, so it's not like there's one overlying... I don't know who the mastermind was behind it, so to speak. Yeah. Um, But I'd like to see more. Like, Had you ever heard of this movie prior to me recommending it? Nope, I had not. I only I saw it on Amazon Prime during one of my nights of I want to watch something that I've never heard of before. So like I'll go on Amazon and I'll check, you know, and that's how I come across like Nudist Colony of the Dead and so many awful things. And I came across this. I was like, ah, oh, sounds good. I love anthologies, and most of the anthologies that are for free are awful on Prime. This one just surprised me. Yeah, it was it was a good surprise. So I am glad that you gave this one to me. I would give it like a eight point eight. Wow, I on my blog I gave it a, a seven point two, which is as you know that's high for me. Um, and really, the thing was that what the jailbreak one I only gave one of two point oh, so. Um, that that's where it lost a good chunk. Everything else was uh, very much above average to me. I, I actually had Siren, the the second one with the fucking weird meat. I think that was my favorite. That's what I had it ranked as. Um, yeah, I don't know. That one was the most disturbing. It, it yeah, that's. I think that's what it wasn't the best story. It was just so fucking between that and, and the accident. Those were were. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. Oh, oh no! I just have great memories, and I don't know. I don't own it. I'd like to own it. I don't know. If, so many of these movies that I like that I find online, it's like hard as hell to buy them nowadays, which kind of sucks. I'm looking to see if I can actually buy it. I, I checked earlier for. I can't even remember, and I couldn't even. Uh, Pontypool can't find it to buy without it being like a foreign copy. Really? Yeah. Kind of sucks. Interesting. And Southbound... uh, All I'm seeing it is I'm seeing it available to rent or to stream. I'm not seeing anything else. I'm seeing The Void Volume 2. Really? But... It's not based on... Uh, I'm really confused. It's not based on the movie, The Void? Huh? I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, with all that being said, uh, I, I know we gotta pick two movies. Do you know what two movies you're making me watch? Uh, what was still on the list? Did you? Oh, you said you got Day Watch and Night Watch, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Those two. All right. Day Watch and Night Watch. Okay. I am gonna give you. You gave me. Th- gave me four movies to work with here and I think out of the four I would like you to watch I told you I wasn't going to give you another 70s movie but I'm giving you Suspiria and you're either going to love it or hate it that's fine I mean I, I know enough about it now to uh... yeah um, and the other one is going to be The Girl in the Photographs alright Wes Craven's final film Catherine Isabel I thought it was really good, but uh, some people, I don't know. Another one of those movies, I mean, Suspiria is at least considered a classic. The Girl in the Photographs is just considered kind of average in the world of horror, I, I, I would guess. But uh, yeah, bo- both are good. Um, I want to say that, although we're probably never going to cover this in the next podcast that we do mm-hmm. uh, for September 2nd, which is Nine Deuce. Um, I really want to do a, a big blog on a film called Suicide Kings, which is not horror in any way. Have you seen Suicide Kings? Yeah. Yeah, I used to have it on VHS, actually. Uh, it's currently on sale on Amazon uh, streaming on their Prime Video or whatever for $4.00. And so I'm encouraging everybody that hasn't seen it or everybody that has seen it that liked it to buy it because I thought it was a great movie. And uh, that's going to be something for next month that I, I really want to do. I'm, I'm just a huge fan. I think it's a great quotable film. Great, great, great cast. Um, so, yeah, that, that was one announcement that I wanted to make. And I have a second minor announcement to make. Um in October, at some point, one one of the days I'm going to make some time for my incredibly insane schedule. Um, but I'm going to be working on doing a director commentary with my buddy Jay on the first film him and I ever made. And then that's going to get released in by the end of October. So by the time we get to the pod, like, by the time we do our podcast in October, I should have more definitive information. But uh, it's something kind of cool that I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Yeah. So, those are all my big announcements. Oh, I have one other one. It's not really that big, but um, for October, as you know, I do 100 movies. I think, I'm pretty sure this year I'm doing a lot of Hitchcock. I have not watched hardly any Hitchcock movies. I have not seen enough. Let me put it like that. I've seen Psycho and I've seen The Birds, and I don't know if I've seen. I saw some of Vertigo. Seen, I don't think I've, I've ever seen, seen Psycho, it. Vertigo, Rear Window. Did he do? Yeah. Did he do North by Northwest? He did that. Yeah, that, he did The those, Man Who Knew Too Much. Those are the four I've seen then. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen The Birds. Wow. Have you ever seen Birdemic? I have not. Don't. <laughs> it, actually, do yourself a favor. I, it might still actually be on Amazon Prime if it is. Watch it for five minutes, turn it off, hate me for it. I can honestly say that 
I will probably forget a the name of that movie in like five minutes and B never really lose much sleep over the fact that I forgot it. So yeah, it, uh, it's it's a tough 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 movie to watch, but it's the so like you know how some people really like Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it, but. It's kind of like got that kind of so bad that it's good. I will, which I will say uh, yeah. that you know I haven't seen the room, but I did enjoy uh, the one that they talked about the making of it, the Disaster Artist. Okay, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. I've never seen either. Uh, that's actually something I'm doing the day that I do the director commentary. My buddy Jay wants me to watch the room with him, so. No pressure whatsoever to possibly enjoy a film. I hate pressure. It'll be fun. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, just a reminder for next month, Chris and I will be doing top 10. I'm really going to try to keep it to under 25. Top 10 movies from the 70s, uh, horror movies. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's less of a reminder and more that Ken is just saying this for the first time that we're going to be doing top ten 1970s horror movies. Yeah, my mind's all over the place. I got your back, buddy. Well, you know, quite frankly, do you, all right. Just thinking about it without like giving out names. Do you feel that both of our top tens are probably going to have at least six or seven of the same movies? Because I'm guessing it will be just different order. Uh. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, the, the one of the problems with the 70s, and not really a problem so much, but, like, uh, the big ones are the fucking classics. Right, like, I don't know a, enough of the other ones, so, as we all know, we know Jaws, we know Exorcist, we know Omen, we know Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we know Halloween, so on and so forth. I, I feel that's just going to be how how the list is going to kind of play itself out is mainly the the more well known ones because I I don't I don't even know where to begin looking for uh, you know other ones so I mean yes there are online lists but I'm I don't trust these lists nearly as much as I used to yeah. Oh. But people people listening to this should definitely trust my list. Oh, yeah. There was just one we just forgot that I just saw as soon as the first thing that popped up on the internet. Suspiria? No, no. Oh. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a, a pretty predictable list for this next month, which will be nice because sometimes our lists fucking range far afield. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll be nice is that we'll... Ha- We'll be able to go dive a little more in depth, probably, into them, rather than have to barely, like, hey, ten seconds, move on to the next film. So, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be all right. So. Ooh, ooh, there's another one. For, oh, yeah, this is going to be tough. <laughs> Hills Have Eyes, was that 70s? 77, yeah. And Last House on the Left was 70s. 72, so I mean, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, it's there, there's was, a lot, a lot, lot. Yep. Was the Howling seventies? Howling, Howling was eighties. Okay. Very eighties. <laughs> I mean, if D. Wallace was in it, it was probably the eighties. So that. Either way, I'm I'm excited 
to to do it. Um, yeah. Do you have any other uh, final thoughts before we finish this? No, no, I'm good. I'm looking forward to next month. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to see how crazy you go in October. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm I'm gonna do a, as good of a job as I possibly can. If I can't make hundred, I can't. But uh, you know, I go in with the mentality of making hundred every year. Uh, past two years, I've last year actually I hit a hundred movies watched. I didn't hit a hundred movies blogged because. It got to the point where I was getting so time-consumed that I would be watching a movie while writing a blog, and it just, I fell way behind. So, I watched 100, just didn't blog about all of them. Like, I realized I do not have blogs on any of the Leprechaun movies aside from Part 1 and 2, which is fine, except I know I watched them, so now I'm mad that I didn't blog about them. Gotcha. Yeah. So, that's probably another thing I'll be tackling... Yay. But that's all I got. Uh, oh, next next podcast we'll also hit up uh, Suicide Kings in, well, the second part of our two-part podcast series. Uh, oh, I know, uh, I know you want to wrap this up, but real quickly, um, I wanted to say talk about Stranger Things. I, I, I'll just ask you this simply. Was Stranger Things Season 3 better than Season 2? Because I thought it was. Um, I think I have to stand by what I said in the, the blog for when it goes up on the, the, the website. But um, okay. I liked Stranger Things better than Season 3 better than Season 2, which I liked better than Season 1. But I only think it works together if you take the series as a whole. I think if you look at each individual season, 2 is my favorite, then it would go 1 and then 3. Ah, okay. See, I have one as my favorite, then three, then two. I, I gotta say, two two for me was hands down, because I think Noah Schnapp fucking knocked it out of the park as well. In season Fair two. Fair enough. I like one of the best child performances I've ever seen. Between, you know, normal Will, possessed Will, Will in a fucking agony in the hospital. I was just like, this kid is fucking really good. I was really... Su- you know, we knew... Uh, Will and Dustin and Lucas and Eleven were good from season one, but then you know actually getting, or excuse me, Mike and Dustin and Lucas, but then getting Will into season two and seeing how good he was, like I really think he was probably better than all of them except for maybe really Bobby Brown. And Will gets no love or hype or attention on anything that I ever read. He's the last kid always talked about. But um, yeah, so uh, I, I really liked season three. As a as a continuation and a culmination, but I think like if you if you had to sit somebody down and be like, okay, watch this. Do you understand what's going on? Is this you know jumping in in the middle doesn't necessarily work as well. Oh God, no. Whereas I think like in season two they summarized enough of season one that you could still get a good idea of what happened in season one, and then you know season one was the formative one. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was preparing myself to be sad because I'd heard. I, once again, I avoided the spoilers. I had no idea, and then that hit me. And it wasn't the death. It was the aftermath. It was the fucking music. It was everything else. That fucking last episode uh, hit me hard. But 
Well, I am pretty confident he's coming back yeah, next I don't, season. I don't think Hopper's dead. I mean, like I, I liked how I did that in your my answers for your thing, but yeah, I don't think Hopper's dead. I, yeah, I, I I love that they had that last scene. You know, no, not the American. Okay, good. You give me hope because he has a contract that runs. And season four is last I knew. Season four is supposed to be the last season, correct? I thought they said they wanted to do five. Oh, I always thought it was supposed to be a four. I mean, I'm fine with a five. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not remotely upset about that because, you know, so many of my favorite shows have now ended. So. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, as long as Netflix doesn't cancel it, I'll be happy. Yeah. As long. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things I like. Like I liked the fact that now they're they're throwing in '80s actors you know like so i like like they followed up sean austin with carrie always who i've always liked since the princess bride um dr gordon yeah and, and fucking and Busey, saw, man yeah, yeah jake Busey, you know standing in for his crazy dad uh yeah like when you asked about new characters i was like the entire cast of that fucking newspaper were such fucking toxic male assholes like they all deserve to be fucking flayed yeah, you know, the fact that they were only in a handful of scenes, but they could make me hate them that much, you know, good job characteriz- characterizing them. Um, I was like, I like. But did you laugh at them at all? Uh, no, not really. Oh, I laughed a lot. Uh, I, I will, I will straight up say this, especially since my wife's asleep in the other room. But Nancy is like, she's one of like my two crushes, and it makes me feel really weird because it's like the. I'm finally old enough now that like I have a crush who's younger than me, which makes me feel like dirty, but I kind of like it too. So uh, she she really is she's beautiful. She's also my least favorite character. <laughs> but um, oh, I was like, yeah, where are we gonna we're gonna? I really like the mind flare as a as a creature as a character in the second season. So like I'm like, oh, what do we what do we do to up that? Well, we make a. Uh, Turn it into a skin and thingy that will blow up rats and people and suck them in and have their teeth and bones as their creatures claw. I was like, all right, pretty fucking gross. Works for me. Yeah, they were kind of working on a little bit like, you know, they had a little bit of the blob, a little bit of the thing going on, which they've, I think they've referenced the thing every season so far. Now, here's a question for you. Yeah. Do you think that that was actually like the connected to the uh, intelligence of the mind flare in the upside down or do you think that that was just like the remnants left over Oof. um I must say connected okay but I really that that's sheerly speculative I don't have an ounce of anything to offer that would back my statement up whatsoever it's just because like guess. my my whole question comes you know from the that last scene in season two where you see it in the upside down looming over the um the the high school while they're at the dance right but then you never actually see like the smoky form or the shadowy form or any of that in season three at all yeah i i thought that was actually kind of interesting like we we didn't see much of the upside down this season compared to previous seasons. 
Yeah, I mean that's so uh, that that was one of my questions. I really liked what they did with Billy. You know, like a gave him more of a part, made him sympathetic in a way even more than you know uh, he was after he, you saw the episode last season where he got the shit kicked out of him by his dad, and then um, gave him a redemption chance at the end. So he his character sorely needed that redemption arc and. I, it's just weird like i understand like why they did it like the whole thing with him and mrs wheeler like it made sense now but damn it i love ted and he didn't get hardly any lines this year you know i um i i really liked some of the things that they did in like episode four you know like the scene where they go to lock him in the fucking steam room and then he comes out and he's just fucking shit up like i think they they know how to frame like a scene you know, build up suspense, build up tension. Yeah, it, I, I felt this season more than the other two seasons. It, it took a good... It took me until episode three to start really finding, like, its footing is for me, but once it got rolling, my goodness, was it... It was so good. And, yeah, I, I loved... I don't know. I'm a huge fan, as many people are, of course, but... Uh, yeah. I also I gotta say I loved Eleven's hair this season. <laughs> By far my favorite. Now, I just it makes me laugh just the fact that like you go on about her hair. <laughs> Dude, I started with season one like I made a big deal of. So like now it's kind of like expected every every time that I do the blog that I have to ask about the hair. Gotcha. It's just a gimmick. Gotcha. I've gotta live the gimmick, man. So. Yeah, uh, NineDeuce.com will have the Stranger Things blog up um, possibly as soon as uh, this coming next week. That was my goal, if I can get on everybody's ass to do. You know, it, it just, hey, does anybody want to do the blog? Yeah, I do. Ten days later, what the fuck are you doing? Forgetting about doing the blog? <laughs> If you want, just fucking. I actually made this one simple compared to like, dude. My orange is new black blog is disturbingly like too many goddamn questions. But it was also the series finale season, so like I kind of went more in depth. Which I'll exactly do the same thing for Stranger Things when it ends. So yeah, looking forward to that. All right. I feel like I've kept you on here for probably longer than you want to. <laughs> it's fine. Oh. It's fine, dude. Um, so, yeah. We talked about a bunch of stuff tonight. Uh, if you come back to wherever you're listening to this and you catch our previous one, we talked about uh, our top ten uh, horror movie beginnings. We talked about our movies. We set up what's going on next month. So we'll see you back again sometime between the mid to end of September to give Kent a chance to catch up and get some rest before he starts his October. So, have a good night, guys. See?